We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Wonderful to have you here this morning. Our theme, what we want to look at today, is that concept of faith. But I've got a little bit of an opening quiz for you here. Does anyone know what this is? This is an unfair quiz, I will readily admit. Okay. What can you deduce so far from what I'm showing you? DIA. DIA. That is a great, that's a great guess. It is not DIA. Right? It's a good guess, though. You can see earth movers are there, right? Uh, if you can look real close, you can see just how big the site is. These are trucks, uh, pretty sizable caterpillar uh, earth movers and, and trucks and stuff on the side there. What can you deduce? What do you think is happening there? Building something big. Okay, good. They're building something big, right? Because it's, it's huge, right? Okay, so construction's happening. They're building something big. Let's go to the next slide. It's advanced a little bit, okay? Anybody guessing what we're building yet? Oh, look at that. Yes, it is. The Burj Khalifa. Has anyone heard of the Burj Khalifa? Okay. Has anyone actually ever been there? Sometimes people have, especially those that are in the military. Sometimes they go. So the Burj Khalifa is a, a, um, a skyscraper, but not just any skyscraper. It is the tallest structure on earth. It's in Dubai, so if you're, ever, if you're looking for a vacation where it is twice as hot as it is here, there you go. Maybe you go to Dubai, right? Um, this is the construction of the Burj Khalifa. It was finished in 2010. Uh, what you saw on the previous slide was just the foundation work uh, that, that was under construction. Now they've started to go up. You see that center one? That's the finished product. So the Burj Khalifa is just over a half mile tall. Yeah, yeah, that's tall, right? Over a half mile tall. Uh, it, it is beautiful. It is luxurious. Um, um, it's amazing. But can you imagine how deep and how strong that foundation had to be to go a half mile in the air? Yeah, incredible, right? Incredible. In fact, I would argue that none of the beauty of this, of the Burj Khalifa, none of the, the people that reside there, uh, the activities that go on there, the events that they throw, uh, the malls and the shops, none of it makes a lick of difference if that foundation hadn't been properly poured and laid. Right? That's what we want to look at today when we talk about that concept of faith for us as believers. Our faith, your faith, our trust is only as good as the object in which we place our faith and trust in. Or to put it in terms of the Burj Khalifa, the Burj Khalifa is only as, as trustworthy and as beautiful as it is if the foundation is correct. That's what we want to look at today. That's what the writer to the book of Hebrews really focuses us in on. Um, um, on whom or on what do we place our faith? And then, what does that mean for us in our Christian living? Now, Burj Khalifa, 
just over a half mile tall, what floor would you like to live on? <laughs> yeah, some of you are like, I'll just go one, right? No elevators, like straight out the door. Any of you, any of you want to go to the top? There you go. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, in fact, it is more expensive to be in the penthouse towards the top, right? Generally, I think you, go, you look at skyscrapers, any of these buildings, um, generally it is more costly the higher you go, right? Okay? Now, whether you're, you're a first floor person or you're a, I should have looked how many floors Burj Khalifa has, who knows? I don't, let's say 500, right? Either way, if you're first floor or you're 500th floor, everyone has to enter in through that. This is the lobby for the Burj Khalifa, right? And I think that's maybe a good thing for us to remember as we consider this concept of faith. As we enter in, and as you enter in, maybe you go on vacation to the Burj Khalifa, we all come in on the ground floor, right? No matter how high we go, right, one floor, ten floors, or 500, everyone enters at the ground level. And what matters most is what that skyscraper is built on and its foundation. So let's talk about faith today. Let's talk about what our foundation is built on and ultimately how that helps us uh, and leads us not only in this life, but most importantly, into the next as well. You're welcome to follow along with me if you'd like. Um, our our, our uh, readings are in your bulletin. I'll also have them on the screen behind us here. Um, but what I want to look at, at least... Uh, three different aspects of faith. Um, we want to um, understand it. We want to talk about um, obeying faith. And the last one is, is our longing as believers when we look into that concept of faith. Before we do that, we've kind of got to lay this out just a little bit. Uh, the book of Hebrews, the writer to the book of Hebrews is our text for today. And it's, it's a fascinating book because the writer was writing to people that had not had an easy time in life. Um, in, in many respects, in many ways, uh, the people that the writer to the Hebrews was writing to uh, um, had been persecuted. Um, in fact, the writer says that they had lost, they had lost jobs, they had lost livelihood, they had lost uh, their lives at times. And, and so uh, on some level, this writer was coming to these people and saying, I understand how hard life is. I know how difficult your lives have been. He knew that intimately. And so he writes the book of Hebrews to, to bolster their faith, to strengthen their faith. Now, what's a little bit arbitrary for our consideration today is um, he took the first 10 chapters of Hebrews to do that, right? He took the first 10 chapters of Hebrews to really lay the foundation for what we are getting thrown into at the beginning of chapter 11. Uh, and, and it's a little bit maybe unfair for us to get thrown right into it. And even that concept of faith. And maybe as you heard that I was going to talk about that, uh, or that was our theme, your mind started working on it a little bit, right? Because what is faith? The writer of the Hebrew give, Hebrews gives us a a pretty good definition, but what exactly is faith? Say, well, it's trust, right? It's confidence, right? It's maybe one of those things where uh, we know what faith looks like at times. Uh, even maybe within ourselves, we know when we, when we have faith or when our faith is stronger or weaker. But if you're anything like me, 
Faith becomes, and that concept becomes a little bit slippery, right? The more we dig into it, the more we look at the details of it, maybe the more you even inspect it within your own hearts, the more slippery it becomes. And so that's kind of where we're getting thrown here today. Because the writer to the Hebrews has laid a foundation upon which chapter 11 now zooms us in. Chapter 11 is oftentimes called the great heroes of faith chapter. And so the writer of the Hebrews is going to tell us about Abraham and Sarah and all kinds of what we would call heroes of faith. These are people that, that we as believers would say um, were, were shining examples of faith. These were people that we can model ourselves after, that we can follow, that we can trust, that we will see in heaven when we are there. But the writer of the Hebrews took 10 chapters to get us to this point, right? And so he gives us beautiful examples of faith. But I think it warrants us backing up just a hair before we jump into this of asking ourselves, on what do we actually build our faith? And so that's what we're going to do, uh, especially with verses 1 through 3. And we'll look at kind of those three areas, understanding, obeying, and longing. So I'll read these for you, beginning verse 1. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, an assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now the writer gives us a pretty good definition of faith, right? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. It's trust, isn't it? Right? We talked about it a little bit with the kids, but it's... Faith is trust, right, in things that we may not see readily at hand. But I think that's one of the first fundamentals of our faith as believers. And I highlighted that word understand there for you. Because I think it's important for us as believers, if we want to talk about uh, um, that, that deep subject of faith, if we want to know how can our faith be strengthened, on what do we build our faith, how can we be people of faith, just like the writer of the Hebrews is telling us about here today, right? How do we do that? Well, I think for starters, we have to understand on what our faith is built. In 2020, Surfside, Florida, suburb of Miami, uh, this building collapsed. I don't know if you remember that story, so not too old refresh in our minds. Uh, my brother lives in Miami, and so it was obviously a pretty big deal in their city, but even nationally, right? Um, we saw these photos, and we looked in horror as an entire skyscraper, uh, Surfside condominium, I think was 10 floors high, um, one entire side just completely disappeared, gone overnight. 98 people died in that uh, um, condominium collapse in Miami. There's some astonishing things about it, though, and you can almost see it from this picture. There are stories that came out of that collapse of people saying that they were no more than five to eight feet away from being a part on, of the collapsed side rather than the side that stood, right? And you can almost see it just a little bit. Here's a close-up. These are people's balconies. You can see televisions still on the wall. And you can imagine being in that condominium and the, 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 
the dividing line between life and death was just what side of the condominium you were on, right? 98 people died, right? Many went on to live. But that dividing line between life and death was intimately close for those folks. Now, for those that died or perished, did it matter if they were on the 10th floor or the first floor? It didn't, right? If you can see that damage, the entire condominium just pancaked all the way down. In the aftermath of the Surfside condominium collapse, um, they did their investigation, and can you guess what the culprit was for the collapse? Yeah. Yeah, it was the foundation, which almost from the outset, every single one of us are like, there's something wrong with that foundation. And sure enough, that was the truth, right? Water had corroded, there was some bad rebar, there were some engineering problems, but in the end, the foundation was not secure, and so it didn't matter if you were on the 10th floor or the first, everything below it dropped, and those that were inside lost their life. When we, went to, when we want to talk about our faith, I think that's the concept that we want to understand as believers. If we want to be people of faith, I think we need to understand exactly um, um, where we land in, in, in our lives, right? And most importantly, on what we build our foundation. Now, as I mentioned, it didn't matter if you were on floor 10 or floor 1. Everything collapsed. But I think there's lesson in that for us as well when we talk about on what do we build our faith. And the truth is, writer of the Hebrews in the first 10 chapters kind of lays this out. If we build our faith on anything other than a foundation that is secure, we run the risk of it all coming down. And I think we know that on some level. Um, um, we think through our lives, and, and, but there, there are just so many opportunities for us to build our confidence and our living and our security and our peace and our, our, our well-being on things that are foundations that simply won't last, that can't last, that actually can't hold the weight of everything that we have. But I think this sometimes happens a little bit more slowly, right? In fact, I would argue this. That for us as Americans, uh, we, we were born in a country where we are so incredibly blessed that if I can be so bold, we were born into a condominium that was already at floor eight, right? It's, there's some truth to that, isn't there? We have rule of law. We have uh, working clean water. You have electricity. We have air conditioning on this hot Colorado day, uh, we have people, that, first responders that protect us and can guide us, and if we're sick or if we're hurt, we'll come and take care of us. Um, we have government officials and government that generally works pretty well, uh, um, but we have a, a working, operating country, and so uh, on some level, as Americans, no matter where we are at, no matter where we stand, we were born into floor eight already. And then we do the most with what God has given us. And so we build our lives, right? And God has blessed each and every one of you in different ways, right? With different gifts, with different talents. And so we set about building our lives. And I think that what, what we tend to do is we start stacking these things one on top of another. 
And so if we have uh, um, youth and vitality and, and uh, good looks and, and, and a sharp mind, that helps us in the job field. And we go into our job field, and maybe some of you are, have far greater uh, keen intellect than I do, and in the job field, you leverage that, you use the gifts God has given you to, to, to get a wonderful job and, and to, to work hard, but that also gives you finances, right? To be able to take care of the people that you love, to be able to, to live in the homes that you do, to be able to move to a suburb in Carbon Valley, Right? And so I think in our lives, not only have we been born into a remarkable amount of blessing, but we're also able to kind of build and stack these things upon one another. But what happens when some of those floors start to collapse? Well, I think you know, right? Um, and if you live any amount of time on this earth, you will know. Because what happens when we lose a job? The anxiety, the worry that comes along with that, right? The mortgage, the things we bought, the things we owe, the, the bills that never stop drawing from a, a, a direct deposit from our bank accounts. All of a sudden, finances become an issue. What happens when our health takes a hit? Diagnosis of a disease, long-term care of spouse, of a child, of a parent, right? What about when we lose our own health? When the job that we so successfully did for so many years, we simply aren't able to do any longer, right? See, I think the truth is, with each and every one of us, we can see how we have stacked these things one on top of another. And that's a wonderful thing. And those are blessings and those are talents and gifts that God has given to each and every one of you. And there is no reason that we ought not to have these things stacked in that way. But the trouble comes in when our faith and our trust is placed on those things rather than the foundation of Christ. Because when cards start being pulled away and things start to collapse, what are we left with? I think really that's what we want to talk about as we go into that concept of faith, right? Faith is assurance and hope in things that we don't see. If everything else is gone, what is left? What is the foundation? Presbyterian pastor in Manhattan, Tim Keller, once said this, you don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And I think there's truth to that. And I think we have to strip things down to that base level. Or we don't have any hope of having our faith placed on anything that is stable. Because everything in this world, your good looks, your youth, your checking account, your job, your respect, even our families and our spouses and the people that love us, everything this side of heaven will let us down, disappear at some point except Christ. And really, that's the foundation that the writer to the Hebrews has built in the opening 10 chapters. He's saying, you have problems to the people that he's writing to. You have lost lives. You have lost jobs. You have had struggles. You may feel as though the floors of your building are collapsing in front of your faith, 
face, but at the bottom of it all, you have Christ. You have forgiveness. You have the assurance of eternal life, not because of how tall your high rise grew in this earthly life, but because Jesus Christ was the foundation of it all. And so I think we have to strip faith down to that bedrock level. Because faith is only as good as the object in which we place our faith. And your object is good. is Jesus Christ. In fact, the writer to the Hebrews says exactly who we place our faith and our trust in earlier um, um, in, his tech, in his reading. This is actually from chapter 1, uh, just reading verse 3. Writer of the Hebrews says this, The Son, so talking about Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. That's a foundation that lasts, right? Jesus Christ, who was, who is, and who is to come, right? True God who took on human form in order to lay down his life for you so that your sins would be washed away. So that whether you have been stripped bare and you have nothing left and your home and the people you love and everything in your life have completely been taken away from you, you know without a shadow of a doubt that Christ stands at your side and you place your hope and your trust in the country yet to come. So our faith is firm. Because it is grounded on nothing less than Jesus' sacrifice on your behalf. So, you want to know what faith fundamentals are for us as a Christian? The first one is understanding. (laughs) Understanding who God is, understanding who you are, and understanding what this life is and how God has blessed us in it. Okay? But that also brings us to the second one here, where we talk about obeying. We read verses 8 and 12. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. And so we're introduced to a man of faith, right? We talk about Abraham. Um, whether you're within Christianity or Islam or even Judaism, I would say that Abraham is probably um, the greatest example of faith that our world understands. Right? Abraham is held up as a man of faith. Right? We'll get to see him someday in eternity. The writer of the Hebrews says this is who Abraham was. And what does it tell us he did? He obeyed, right? Imagine that. His faith led him to place his trust in God above, and he actually listened. And God asks the very same thing of us. Faith isn't just this mystical concept that floats up in the ethos. Faith is real and in our hearts and placed on Christ, and that always leads to action, right? It leads to obeying. It leads to listening. It leads to asking God for his wisdom and guidance for our Christian living, right? For all that we do, for how we treat the people around us, how we interact with people at work, how we we raise our children and our grandchildren. All of those things 
flow from faith. And we see that it did with Abraham as well. And so he obeyed. He obeyed a promise that he did not necessarily understand, right? He obeyed a promise that he, not, he didn't necessarily see. And yet, the promise maker, who is our God above, is also the promise keeper. And so verse 12 says what happened. His descendants were as numerous as the stars in the sky and sand on the seashore. And you know who the writer to the Hebrews is talking about? You. You know that, right? By faith in Christ, by faith in the promise, we are descendants of Abraham, we are followers of him, right? So Abraham listened, and he obeyed, and he walked, right? There's a story that I heard recently um, uh, about a lumberjack. Maybe some of you have heard this story before. Uh, But he was tasked with going into a forest, and he knew in that section of the forest, um, his job was to to clear-cut it. He was supposed to take down every single tree that was there. And so he went in, and he looked up one of those trees, and he saw a mother bird uh, starting to make her nest in the top of one of the trees. And so he said, ah, like he knew, he said, I got to take down all these trees, And so with the side of his axe, he starts banging the side of that tree. And what happens to the mother bird who is trying to make the nest up above? She's a little bit annoyed, right? Squawked at him a little bit, right? Um, But she moved to the next tree. The lumberjack's looking, he's like, come on. So he goes to the next tree and you know what he does? He smacks the tree and he makes all kinds of noise and he makes all kinds of racket. And what does the mother bird do? Goes to the next tree. So this happens over and over again, and the lumberjack keeps hitting these trees, keeps, in a sense, annoying uh, the, the, the bird from making its nest, until, finally, it found some rock, right? And starts to make its nest on something that is far more solid, that's not going to fall to the ground in the next couple hours, right? I think it's a pretty good illustration for us, as we walk through this earthly life, of how we can view the pain and the struggle and the suffering that we encounter, right? There are times when I think we want to settle down in things. We want to make our nest and make our name and make our, our, our sense of well-being in our career, in the respect that we engender, in the amount of money we have in our bank account, right? Maybe it's, it's, it's um, in, in our youth, maybe it's in our intellect, maybe it's in someone else, maybe it's in a spouse or in all of our hopes and dreams that are piled into our kids and they're going to be uh, um, the most amazing thing this world has ever seen. But I think we are so tempted to make our nests in all of these things that won't last. And so I think there are moments when God allows these things to come into our lives and it's annoying <laughs> And we get angry, and at times it's painful, and maybe it comes with tears and the loss of people that you love. But all of it, God allows into our life so that we make our home and our foundation in something that is far greater than trees that will fall or earthly items, but that we make our home in the rock, in Christ. Abraham knew that. We call him a, a father of faith. We call him a, an example of faith. And we hold him up, and Hebrews does that, and rightfully so. But you know that Abraham's life was not perfect, right? 
You know that Abraham went through remarkable amounts of struggle in order to get to the point where a book, a writer of Hebrews writes an entire chapter about him, right? Abraham um, believed the promise and moved and yet was waiting for a child into old age, right? His wife laughed that this could ever come about. That child is finally born and God sends a test, right? To take Isaac's life. All of these things, these trials and these troubles that came into Abraham's life, God ultimately used to make him who he was, which was an example of faith. Brothers and sisters, God does the same thing for us. I am in no way saying that your struggles and your pain and your sorrow is easy, right? But God does use it, and he does have a purpose for it. He will make you stronger through it, and he will bless people around you through those things. Abraham knew it. The same is true for us. Last thing, we want to know the fundamentals of faith. I think we also want to long, or we are longing. Verse 16, instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for as he has prepared a city for them. Longing. Um, maybe you felt it just a little bit today. We talked through that concept of faith, and then you came to church, and then pastor knocked down all the floors of things in your life, and right? Um, Hopefully to get to a foundation where then you can build those things back up, right? Where we can keep those blessings and the things God has given you in your life in the proper perspective and enjoy them in the proper way and be able to be a blessing to the people with whom we live and with whom we walk in this life. But I think you see that in the writer of the Hebrews as well. As believers, this side of heaven, I think there will always be a longing, Right? A longing for a home that does not collapse. A longing for a relationship that does not tear to pieces. A longing for a place that we know we belong and that the people that are there want us to be there. I think as we walk this life, there will always be a longing. In fact, the writer of the Hebrews talks about that. He says they were like foreigners in a foreign land. Do you ever feel that way as believers, as Christians? I think we do. I think there are times when we don't know maybe what country we live in anymore. And there are times where I don't know what life I live in anymore. And we feel like foreigners, right? If you've ever felt that way, if you feel like that way this morning, you're not alone. It's a congregation full that also feel the same thing. So I think the Burj Khalifa is maybe not the best example of a Christian life, Right? 500 floors up, over a half mile. I think maybe this is a little bit better picture, <laughs> right? In a tent, <laughs> movable from place to place. I think that maybe that's a good picture for our living this side of heaven before we get to eternity, right? And yet, that tent's foundation is made on something far stronger than any condominium or high-rise, right? And ultimately, that's the travel, that's the journey that we get to take as believers as well. And so faith, built on Christ, 
It leads us to understand and enjoy the things God has given us here on earth. But ultimately, we understand that we're on a journey, right? Moving towards eternity, moving towards a place that, that um, is built for us, a city and whose foundation, the architect, is, God, is nothing less than God himself. I'm going to finish with one last quote. This is from C.S. Lewis, talking a little bit about faith. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I can see everything else. I think that's maybe a good way to look at faith as well, right? And most importantly, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Christ, knowing the forgiveness we have and the foundation upon which we build, it helps us see everything in a different light. It helps us understand ourselves. It helps us listen and obey our God above, right? And ultimately helps us as we journey towards our heavenly home. Amen.